Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the letter to the Ephesians. And this is a letter, and the Greek in this letter goes on and on and on in its sentence structure. I believe that in the Greek, the passage that I'm about to read is all one sentence. Fortunately for us, the translators break these sentences into phrases. Let us listen for what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Ephesus. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know God, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which God has called you. What are the riches of God's glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of God's power for us who believe according to the working of this great power? God put this power to work in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at God's own right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And God has put all things under Christ's feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we do ask that in this time together you may enlighten the eyes of our hearts. You may increase our wisdom and insight. We pray, God, that you may reveal to us the great power of your love. that is active in our world and of which we are a part. Open our minds and stir our imaginations. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I was surprised to learn this week that the most popular show on PBS is not the News Hour, nor Sesame Street, nor Downton Abbey, but the show that gets the highest ratings and has for the last 18 years, the Antiques Roadshow. And when we think about the great story of that show, it's about everyday people 
finding things or having something around that just is ordinary, maybe, and wondering about that and bring it in for experts to take a close look at the details and tell what might be special about that piece. They see a special engraving on grandfather's pocket watch or confirm that it really is gold and it wasn't grandfather's, it was great-great-grandfather's. They look at a chair from the attic and the markings on the back and suddenly this chair has so much more meaning. And it may not be the monetary value. It may be just discovering what someone truly has. The writer of the letter to the church in Ephesus is afraid that we do not know what we have. He is afraid that we do not understand the great treasure that we have in this community of faith. The writer has heard about the church in Ephesus. Their reputation precedes them so that even far away, the author of this letter has heard about their love and their generosity and their strong faith. And Paul gives thanks for this church. And then he prays for them, and he prays that God will give this church a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight and understanding, so that they may know what they have, what we have. As children of God, as brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, we are part of God's project in Jesus Christ. This is not to say that God doesn't have other projects in the Buddha or Abraham or Muhammad. But we are part of God's project in Jesus Christ. And together we come and we share their stories and we pray for healing and we sing and we serve the hungry. Let's look at some of our inheritance that we have as children and as sisters and brothers of Christ. We have this inheritance in God's power over destruction and death. This is the resurrection. This power that reminds us that love is stronger than hatred, that life is more powerful than death, and there is nothing in this world that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. It is as if the writer is saying to us, look behind the curtain. Each of us is a part of God. And each of us is a part of a great community of people who have lived and loved and done their best to follow the ways of Jesus. The writer pulls back that curtain upon all that has been and lets us see 
what we are a part of. God did this wonderful thing in coming to humanity, and we are part of it. Christmas and Easter and ordinary time and the suffering of Good Friday and all of the terrible things and the wonderful things that happen, we are part of the power of God to heal the world. We are part of the power to give life that has always been and always will be and is now. I spent some time finding more about finding out more about this great community of saints. I went in and looked at the details and spent some time finding out what we have. Some of the saints that I sat around with were George Rees and L.D. Latimer and C.S. Freezer, members of the building committee who in 1910 made arrangements for church construction of the first church building with John Simpson Sons Incorporated. This was at the time when streetcars ran on Chevy Chase Circle. That was the end of the line, and so they turned around in the circle to take people back downtown. Now, it turns out that the church construction was finished, and this is reading from the archives. Even though services were not held in the church until the following January, had it not been for an unexpected and unforeseen delay in the delivery of the pews, the church could have been occupied as early as November as the builder's work was completed on time. You know Simpsons and Sons had something to do with that being in the archives. And I spent some time with the Christian Endeavor Youth Group of 1926, which would have happened in this building, or near this building, with Gene Stimson and Robert Horn and Helen Daniel and Howard Biggs. They had meetings on Saturday nights in a temporary annex in front of the church tower. And they say that the sexton Jeff always left a good fire burning in the pot-belly iron stove. And after a very brief business meeting, the meeting became some kind of general entertainment that had been prepared by the chaperones. And so they pushed the chairs back and would play games, but the big focus of the youth group was the refreshments. And the problem was that the annex did not have a kitchen, not even a source of water to make the refreshments. And so the refreshments were hidden in Johnson Chapel behind stacks of books and in dark cupboards, it says, presumably so that this youth group, youngster, can trade the refreshments before it was time. However, while some of the ladies were in Johnson Chapel or had found the refreshments and had gone somewhere to make the lemonade, some of the younger boys came in and tried to raid the lemons and the sugar 
and so had to be chased away by the chaperones, only to find out that as one of the chaperones was coming down the aisles of the church, shooing all the boys back into the annex, somebody's legs were sticking out from under the pew. And so the person said, come out from under the pew. And at first there was nothing. And then the chaperone said again, come out from under the pew. What are you doing down there? To which the reply was, I'm stuck. I was with some ladies from the Women's Association from 1952 with Mrs. Florence Painter's Evening Circle of Business and Professional Women and the new Secretary for Overseas Sewing, Miss Marion Tinkham, of whom they wrote, when she handles the little garments she has sewn, her face lights up with love and devotion. The missionary sewers sent more than 1,300 articles to places like Tennessee, Alaska, Thailand, and Berlin. And then I found Saints George Asusa and Hal Ford, who were backers of new experimental worship. In 1972, at the 9.30 worship service, the service began with songs by Jethro Tull and Seals and Crofts, and ended with Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. There were many articles about some of the objections to experimental worship. But the saints stood fast. And these are just some of the saints who first inherited the treasures of faith in this place and who cared for our inheritance and kept the church strong and taught the faith and held fast through wars and the Great Depression and the Great Recession. They took care of it so we could know our inheritance here as children of God. Of course, I'm blessed to spend time with saints here every day. I am blessed to stop by our TAP program and send some time with saints who are helping people move from homelessness to housing. I often run into saints in the parking lot painting lines on the pavement or painting the church sign. And I'm asked with those saints to decide on the exact color of green and I am sure that I do not want to be named <laughs> as the only one who chose that color. I passed by saints who were knitting, not just tiny little garments, but lap robes and shawls, and saints who were singing and planting tulips and Xeroxing papers for Sunday school, saints who are praying and holding fast to one another to make it through the storm. We are the saints of today. We are the inheritors of the great power of God 
healing and laughing and standing fast for the love and the power of love in the world and in our lives in the here and now. You've heard so much about the vision, making Christ the center of our lives is really about that enlightenment of our hearts so that we can know the riches of the inheritance and the depth of God's love so that we can have in our being that knowledge that we are part of something so much greater than just us, that we are united with every other person on the face of this earth and have a special union with God and with those in the project of Jesus Christ and with Christ to heal creation. We want to delve more into that center as we bring the services apart and create some more connection with one another and building up our community of saints so that we can know each other and study together. Jane, Pastor Jane, has been working on pastoral care and for intentional ministries where people sign up so that somebody in our congregation is visited almost every day of the week. And this is not just so that person gets visited, but it is so that every person in our church knows how to tap into the power of God and pray for someone. The inviting and the involving teams are at work, welcoming people, but also helping us connect with one another and forge those bonds of faith that we may be a strong family so that everyone knows that God's love is at work here. In 1955, when Dr. Ludwig was pastor and McCarthyism was very much alive in this city, and Emmett Till was killed in Mississippi and Rosa Parks sat on the bus and the Cold War was gaining heat and the first nuclear-tipped missiles were constructed. The Reverend Dr. Paul Ludwig wrote in the newsletter, The Messenger, these words. For all of us, the future is uncertain, but the present is not. We know today the opportunities that confront us. The church will go on. Of that we can be sure. The church will be stronger and better when we are sure that we have done all we can to help it forward. When the psalmist looked back of the years, they were not all alike in his memory. Some years stood in his recollection as times of great spiritual advance, and he had a significant name for those years. He called them years of the right hand of the Most High. And in the Old Testament, the expression, the right hand, always means a special manifestation of God's strength and power. 
There have been many such years in our history at the Church of Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church, and we look forward to making 1956 or 2014 another year of the right hand of the Most High. With God's help and our dedication, we shall accomplish that. That is what Dr. Ludwig wrote to that church. Another letter to a church. May we give thanks for all of the saints who have gone before us, who were such good stewards of our great inheritance. And may we be such good stewards of the inheritance that we have received, so that those who come after us may truly know its treasure. Amen.